afternoon of sports pleasure is beginning. It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Weitz. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Time for the press box here on a rainy Monday. Glad to have you along with us as we get started here throughout the day. John Morris will follow us, followed by the map. Mosley show <laughs> right here on ESPN Central Texas. Wrong one, Aaron. <laughs> A little behind the scenes producing. Uh, there you go. Cam does Matt Mosley really well. I know. It's uh, <laughs> your afternoon of sports pleasure. What do you think? It's about to begin. Well, Aaron, <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? I Aaron? think the, the real test is the next time Matt's sick. What? Can you just fill in and yeah, nobody knows? Don't even say it. <laughs> Three to six. I just go in. Aaron. Aaron. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> I just assume Matt's a get sick in the middle of the week kind of guy. Yeah, he seems like that. So uh, Friday of Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh that's gosh. the real test. And I will take that. Uh, although You'll Aaron take that can challenge? attest, Aaron can attest. Some days I'm not all the way there. This this has been a good day so far. The last couple of minutes has been a good Matt Mosley day for me. But it's not always all the way there. But it is my best one at the station, I'd say. Yeah. Don't do me. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> Although I did a lot of John Morris, like, in college because I would, like, me and my friends, like, recreate his calls, you know, from football games and stuff. So I have a lot John of John Morris, Morris practice, too. Can, uh, can you do Aaron? I don't think I can. I can do Stephanie. Oh, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Oh, my. (laughs) So I went on the Googles. (laughs) Cha-da. Whatever. Let's talk some football, Ward. (laughs) Let's Uh, talk football. Pressbox presented by Scott's Lease Trailers, (laughs) CTWP, and Pickup Outfitters. Glad to have you along. Best thing you saw this weekend in the world of sports, Cam? Oh, well, I don't think you guys are going to like the answer. Yesterday, I went down to see God's gift to the game of basketball, the Boston Celtics. So that was my oh, nice. best. All right. Um, mm, the best be thing. Great year where they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals again. Probably. I'm not denying <laughs> that, Aaron. Gosh, Aaron, what wow. a Monday to you. And this is my real answer is going to be a little controversial here. Okay. This is the beauty of sports. And I, I'm not even like a Bills hater, even being a Patriots fan. I'm not. I was actually hoping they would win that game. But the fact that CBS doubled down on showing that guy bawling his eyes out in the stands. Uh, so grown brutal. man. So they, brutal. they show him for a second. They go back to whatever, like go an back, interview or something. Back. And then they go back to him. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Poor guy. Oh, he's, he's, that is, he's a that true is sports, fan. man. That is sports. It's a lot more of that than the happy stuff. Well, especially you if saw? you're a Bills fan. Huh? Best thing you saw. Well, I got two. Can I say two things? Well, Well, one, Jason Kelsey acting like a fool (laughs) with his shirt off in, like, zero-degree weather. But 
I mean, he was. I think there. he had a beer every first down. Every, I mean, and then he was playing his own drinking game. Playing his own drinking game. And then he even probably like calling going, out other people. Oh, that's the first down. Yeah. You got to drink, <laughs> Taylor. Taylor. Well, yeah. he was, you know, like before he went into the stadium, he was out of the tailgate, just pounding beer with Buffalo Bill uh, fans. So I thought that was funny. Probably yeah, waited I mean, forever to do that. I know he's retired like, now. Yeah, he do yeah, whatever. He's probably just like never really gotten the chance to. To, to do that, wild. I mean, he can go to his brother's games, but to go out and do all that—that's that must now, be fun for him. He then. can do whatever he wants. Okay, so the second thing that I saw was this twenty-year-old kid named Nick from the University of Alabama goes and plays in a PG. I'm not a golfer, but he goes and plays in this PGA tournament as an amateur and wins the whole thing. Oh, right. that's pretty good. Well, get this. Because he's an amateur and not classified as a pro. He, he doesn't get the money. Get the money. He d- and so they're splitting it up between, I guess, the second and third. And so now he has to face the fact, do I go do homework and laundry? Or do I go ahead and become a pro and do the circuit? I've seen this secondhand, this kind of decision making. I went to high school with a girl who was an amateur all throughout high school. Uh, went to the U.S. Open and stuff. Didn't make the cut, but like, I mean, was like 14 making the U.S. Open. Mm. And she was one of the smartest kids in the class. Could have had her choice of almost anywhere to go to school and decided not to. She could just go pro. Yeah, and by the time we graduated, you know, she hadn't even won a a tournament but had made a million bucks. Now she's winning tournaments, so she's making more. But, like, it's a a weird decision, man. See, Uh with baseball, too. Go for the money. I would say go for the money. You can always go back to school. I mean, you could stay in school, just don't golf for the golf team. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And or just gonna hate school, me, honestly. but I was rooting for the Chiefs. Well, okay. I was. I was. A good game for last you night. Were just, weren't you all Bills Mafia like last week, Steph? Yeah, yes, she was. I was. <laughs> Come on. She switches teams more than she switches. <laughs> She's it, like there it, wasn't. Then she switches no, radio shows. <laughs> it's where the scoreboard lands. Is where Stephanie lands. That way, I'm always a winner and not a loser. Well, <laughs> okay. This week, she's a Chiefs, wrong with that. Chiefs and Matt Mosley fan. Next week, <laughs> it'll be the Ravens and now. John, John Morris. Morris yeah. <laughs> Best thing I saw, <laughs> wide right. Who? Mm. Wide right. I mean, right. it wasn't the – I wanted the Bills to win, but it was the – How? It was, it was the biggest moment of the weekend. Oh, it, it was. And Great call, it by just, the way, by Jim Nance. Yeah. It just absolutely was so flashback mm. that you just look at it and go, poor Bills fans. <laughs> just poor Bills fans. I think I, I mean, text you after that, like, did you just see this ending? <laughs> it, when I watched it, I knew it couldn't I had have heard ended that he it. any more poetic for for Bills fans yeah. than to have a field goal go uh, wide right. I mean, they just got to be sitting there going, "Really again?" A new generation. Gets I mean, exposed. I'd rather throw it into the end zone and have it incomplete or intercepted or anything. But Bills fans did not want to see another field goal go wide right uh, at bad all. Bad for the kicker. I feel bad. And that was that was about to be an all time drive too. Got the ball with like seven and a half minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then they missed the field goal in kind of the worst timing. What was there, like a minute 40, two timeouts. So you really had to stop them. You had to make them go three and out. They they didn't, obviously. It's just like that perfect, oh, we might get the ball back, but that was really it, wasn't it? That was it. Like, oh, man, the sinking feeling I had watching that on replay. 
again, I'm not a Bills fan nor a Bills hater, but I was like, that, that's <laughs> that's the like, worst way on. it could have ended for Bills fans. Oh, Just the absolute just worst terrible. way it could have ended. Because you have flashbacks to the 90s going. Oh, That's oh, just what our franchise oh. is. This is it. This is all we're meant to <laughs> be. be Can curse. we never get a kicker? No. <laughs> and they had, of course, they had some great stat up there of like, he's five for five this season in the last two minutes in overtime and bang, wide right. What about uh, Mayfield throwing that interception? What about it? I just thought if he wouldn't have done that. we Would have helped. Well, duh. That, they could have just kind of scored. Wasn't again the worst and, pick of the weekend, though. No, it wasn't. Jordan Love. Oof. Jordan Love. Was, he was not good. That was his Vikings Brett Favre there, man. Mm-hmm. Broke uh-huh. just every cardinal sin on that play. Yeah. Bad. Too bad. I, you know, Baker. I think really, honestly, played pretty well. The interception was a yeah. was a bad one, but give credit to where credit is due. Detroit just absolutely willed themselves to a win in mm-hmm. that football game. Lions, baby. How about it? Is that the best story in, in the NFL right yes. now? Yes. I think so. Yes. Good for them, man. I mean, and good for Jared Goff. I mean, this was a guy who was number one pick who had not well, been given off. up on, but had been given up on. He'd been given, given up, up on. Given up on by the Rams and given up on by pretty much the rest of the league. Like it, He was thrown in as a, okay, we'll go ahead and throw in. It wasn't like... Jared Goff was traded for Matthew Stafford. Right. I don't That's think, not how it went down. Yeah, I don't think Detroit there was a was different. Saying, there was a different kind of trade that went on, and then L.A. said, "You know what? We'll just throw in Jared Goff because we're not going to use him anyway. So you take him." Yeah, I don't think Detroit was thinking this. We're getting our franchise quarterback. Not at return, all. Even for a guy who was what twenty six, twenty seven. Like um, you could have thought that, but I don't think they did. And he's just gotten better. Every year, I mean, he's not elite. He's probably strong, but he's a pretty good starting quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's made it to more conference championship games than Dak Prescott. Well, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he as good a quarter? I mean, I w- I almost posed this question last week. Would you rather have Jared Goff or Dak Prescott? Now the answer is pretty clear. If you're going off playoff success, I mean, he hasn't gone to a Super Bowl, but he's he's in the conference championship game. Uh, they they were a lot of people thought they were underdogs against L.A. His old team, the team that gave up on him, he beat them. And I, I don't have many great things to say about Tampa, but he beat them. And now they're in the conference championship. But Tampa was playing really good. Yeah, they were. They were they Coming were. into this game, yes. they were playing really, really good. Baker Mayfield had resurrected his career. Part of that and due to the five games he played for L.A. last year. Make no mistake about it. But he didn't, he didn't drive it up on the curve. He didn't try to do too much in Tampa this year. And played pretty well, and the team rallied around him. He had a little bit of that moxie back from from times past. And he did I, kick I th- the urine out of the Eagles, by the way. Yes. It did do that. So, I mean. <laughs> pretty good. I, I think that that was a, a big win for the Lions. And I I think Tampa Bay played well enough to win it. It just. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. You get a linebacker that kind of falls back and, and makes a great interception. I don't know that it was that bad a throw from Baker. I know Stephanie does, yeah. but I don't think it was that bad a throw. I, I think, think the linebacker baited him and yes. came across him. This is his first career interception. So, I mean, what does that tell you? Playmaker. I just felt Big bad template. for him. I just felt bad for him. For Baker? I did. I just mm-hmm. felt like, oh, you know, he's probably like, oh, man, you just saw him. 
bury his head in his hands, and I just I felt bad. I I felt bad for him. I, I felt bad for the kicker at the Bills. I mean, Ugh. I forgot I'm a Mayfield fan now because he's a Rangers fan. He is a huge yeah. Rangers yeah, fan. Yeah, and called out I'll the cheaters that. while announcing his fandom. So. Yeah, me too. Well, let's I forgot jump about on that. the bandwagon, Aaron. Oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> jump on any bandwagon at the, the Rangers way. fans. By the way, friends, we talk often about the generational gaps in this show. Okay? But we are one Detroit Lions win away from all being on the same page. We have never seen the Lions in the Super Bowl. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. It's nope. just one of those rare sports things that not a, that we don't often get here in this room. We're one win away from that. My Lions. Oh, now they're your Lions? Okay, let's jump that bandwagon. My Detroit Lions. You know what I was was thinking about it on uh, during the game of, yeah, I don't know that I really care who wins this game. Tampa, Baker Mayfield, I like the way he's corrected his course. But the Lions and Dan Campbell, the way he goes about his business and what he does. And, oh, by the way, he's from Glen Rose, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, you got a Texas guy sitting there that has, for lack of better words, resurrected a dead program. And I mean, when he yeah. was hired, though, he said, you know, you got to give me three years to, you know. Give me some time. Give me some time. And boy, what he has done. I just, I'm, I'm going to go for the lines. Because, I mean, we're talking about holistically, historically. And I know this is a big thing. But if you take Barry Sanders out of the picture, uh-huh. what is that franchise? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, 70 years ago. Yeah, Night Train Lane. I mean. Yeah, in the 40s, they were dominant. They were good, yeah. But not since then. Lane and Steve Belichick playing there. Yeah, I mean, just (laughs) nothing. I mean, I can't name a a good quarterback that's ever played for them. You know, Hall of Famers, they got a few. It's not a terrific fan base. It's not one of the ones that you put up near the top. Like, like I would say, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, like Bills fans are noted for being terrific fans that have been through the ringer. Like, I, I don't I don't know if the Lions fans are exactly like that, but good for them, man. I mean, they've did you never... See him what, did you see him yesterday? It does mean a lot. I'm not yeah, trying to take away. I mean, they, it means a lot. Were, they weren't leaving that stadium after they won. So but, John, I mean, weirdly, but, just but this also weirdly you got vanilla a... franchise that's almost 100 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just almost nothing to write home about in this franchise. You also have to consider where they're located. Yeah. Detroit's not the best. And I'm not a shot against anybody that's from Detroit, but it's if you've ever been there, you know. It's not one of the vacation destinations, to say the Correct. least. I mean, it's not. Yes. It's not the greatest place to hang out at. It's a little bit dangerous. Yes. I mean, even when the Pistons were really, really good, their fan base wasn't really, really good because no, it was just, it's, yeah. it's Detroit. It should be a better sports town than it is. A it lot really of rap- a lot. It's a music Red town, Wings. really. A yeah. lot of rappers come from there. Yes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Good em- hockey town. Mm-hmm. Eminem. Who else is about. there? Good hockey town. Hockey. <laughs> hockey. They call themselves Hockey Town USA. Oh, it's Boston, oh. but it's. I mean, good hockey e- town. but other than e- that, e- I mean, and the Tigers haven't had a, just a great turnout for nope. years and years and nope. years. I mean, it's just not. It's not a sports town destination place. I mean, Magnum left and went to Hawaii, and he was a Tigers <laughs> fan. Like, he didn't even want to be near them. Oh, my goodness. All right. Generational be back with gap. Us. We'll get into about? the NFL in the four games this weekend and 
take a look at what's coming up uh, this week as well. Plus, we'll have a, a little more high school football in the second hour as we'll talk to the new offensive coordinator, Chad President, over at Temple High School. That's all coming up here on the Press Box. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we should read too much into these bowl games, but if you're going to complain that you should be in a New Year's Six Bowl, you better go handle a 6-6 six and six ACC team. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. It's tax season once again. Stressful, right? Doesn't have to be. Maggard Bookkeeping has been helping Central Texans through the complex tax code for more than 25 years. Go to maggardbookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. King of the road. Raise your hand if you're a Secretariat fan. At UBO Business Services, Secretariat is our inspiration. Secretariat gave his finest performance in the 1973 Belmont Stakes. He completed the race in a record 2 minutes, 24 seconds, winning by a record 31 lengths. This is our inspiration. Our goal is to outpace our competitors by providing an unrivaled customer experience. Reach out to UBO Business Services by calling Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Attention fans of Hellberg Barbecue. You can find their Central Texas-style barbecue, homemade sides, and desserts at their current location, 8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. They are operating drive through and curbside service out of food trailers parked outside the building, and their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. or till they sell out. Customers can call 254-265-5387 for pre-orders. Hellberg's Barbecue full-service catering option is still available for your next group outing. Soon, Hellberg will offer sandwiches and banana pudding at the grab-and-go markets inside the new Foster Pavilion. The future of Hellberg Barbecue includes a new building, bigger and better than ever, just down Highway 6 from the current location. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-538. And at HellbergBarbecue.com. The savings continue with the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Say big right now and get all 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees at 10% below MSRP. Or all 2023 Jeep Compass and Renegades for 10% below MSRP. Or 2023 Gladiator Overland with over 13000 in savings. First responders get an extra $500 in savings only at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Oh boy, more IRS changes this year. Frustrating, isn't it? Maggard Bookkeeping can help with more than 25 years preparing Central Texans tax returns. Go to maggardbookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. 
And welcome back to the Press Box. Here on a rainy Monday. Does the rain bother you, Cam? Um, normally, no. No? Not really. I mean, I don't like it. But today, it did bother me. You know why why that? Mm-hmm. I've got this really nice L.L. Bean rain jacket. Mm-hmm. I've had it for six or eight years now, okay? And so I get up today. I've got to run some errands before coming to the show. And I look, and I'm like, where the heck is this thing? Where did I leave this? My girlfriend had already left the house. And so I thought, hmm, maybe she'll know. So I call her, and I say, you know where my L.L. Bean rain jacket is? She goes, oh, yeah, I have it. <laughs> like, well, it's raining for me, too. <laughs> I know she has a rain jacket. <laughs> That's how good the jacket is, apparently. Right. So I had to go, like, back up. Zipper doesn't even work. Just trying to stay dry out there. So normally, no, it's, it's whatever, because I got great boots. I got a great jacket. Today, a little irked. A little mm. irked. Yeah, I can see that. How about you? Yeah. I, I enjoy the rain. Uh, I like it more in the summer. Ne- one thing I'm never going to complain about is rain, because of the fact is it a bothersome sometimes? Yeah, okay, whatever. Get over it. Because I know that we'll get in June and July and August, mm-hmm. and we haven't had rain in three months, and everything is dying. Yeah. You know, so. I like it better then, but hey. <laughs> and it's, it's cold, but not cold enough that it's going to slick the roads and make no. it icy, so I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Beautiful day, all in all. Yeah, I think we're going <laughs> to yeah. be stuck with it for a few days from what I yep. hear, so. Get used to it. Just be safe out there. Slow down a little bit, and you'll be fine. Let's start with Baltimore and Houston. And has Lamar Jackson wrote another huge chapter to his legacy in the NFL by taking down Houston? Now, look, I thought Baltimore was a better team going into this game. Houston was just happy to be there, but Lamar Jackson and the Ravens dominated on both sides of the ball, and especially Lamar Jackson. Looked like he could do anything he wanted to on Saturday. So I ask again, did he just elevate his legacy in the NFL in that game, getting them to the championship game? Yes. Major chapter? I don't know. Just because I don't know how many – how many guys in NFL history have won two MVPs, which he's about to do, and haven't made a Super Bowl? Um, obviously, he still has a chance to do that with the second MVP, but that's that's like a crazy stat if you really think about it. Think about how many guys have just won multiple MVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was a classic Lamar Jackson performance, though. Like, you look at the numbers, and you're like, really? I think, it was, what, 16-22, 152, two passing touchdowns. But also gives you 100 yards on the ground and two right. touchdowns on the ground. Like, I I, I remember uh, the first drive of the game, they showed his numbers for the season, and I knew they weren't, like, electric, but I look at him again, and I'm like, really? This guy's our runaway MVP? But if you watch Ravens games, you know why. You know why. And this was the perfect example on Saturday, and I, I wasn't too... I wasn't too worried about this game. Was it 10-10 at halftime or 17-10? I, I think it was 10. I think it was 10-10. And I just wasn't really worried about it. I mean, Texans were a good story, but I, I thought Baltimore yeah, was, was going to take it in the second half, and that's exactly what they did. I think it was three straight I think it was three straight touchdown drives. At yeah, they point. shut them out in the second half. Yeah, and just flexed their muscle. 
I mean, that's what Baltimore is. That that's what they've kind of done all year. So, um, I think it's it's kind of a new look on what a good quarterback can be in this league. It could still be a dual threat guy. It's it's kind of that just simplified scenario that Munkin's going with with that offense of there's too many guys for a defense to account for most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's just too many, too much speed, too many weapons, and so far it has worked. And so I, I was wor- I was curious to see whether that would work in the playoffs, and so far so good. Played well. Yeah, I mean you you can't deny that um, defense played real well. Green Bay, San Francisco. That one was Jordan Love is going to be somebody you're going to have to reckon with in the NFL for a while now. Yeah, I I know they lost this game, but I thought they played really, really well, and I thought he played outstanding against San Francisco. Yeah, and those two these two playoff games, I said it after the Cowboys game, but the most impressive thing about him, you know, he's got a good arm, he makes good decisions. I know that last pick was dreadful. But he's just so confident. And I already know that that's going to, like, people in Green Bay are going to be talking about, oh, you know, he he looks like, he looks like Brady, looks like Montana, because he's just confident. And obviously that's, that's high praise, but the kid does not get rattled Mm -mm. at all. And we see veteran quarterbacks still getting rattled. I mean, we see Josh Allen get rattled sometimes in playoff games, and this kid is cool as a cucumber, man. That was an awful decision on that last pick. But through two games in the playoffs, he was outstanding. And I got to I gotta give him credit because I knew he was hot coming into this playoffs. I was still like, eh, the same way Baker Mayfield's hot. You know, good, like we've talked about. Baker Mayfield, good player. But I didn't think, was he going to win a game by himself? He almost won that game for them. He really did. Almost did. I know it's almost, but... To go on the road against the number one seed um, and against a defense as good as that one and to be in control of that game, that was that was really impressive. But uh, then again, on the other side, Brock Purdy gave us the first look that he can will a team from behind and put a real good drive, scoring drive together late in the playoff game. And I'll ask you this. Was it really Brock Purdy or was it Christian McCaffrey that willed this team to a win? Hmm. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Purdy some credit here. Okay, of course it's a little bit of both, and there is much more. To, Christian McCaffrey is the best skill player in the league, in my opinion. So it, there is more than just him getting the ball. There's how much you got to account for him, and how much you could use him as a decoy and all that. So maybe he is end up at the end of the day more important. But Brock Purdy on that drive, man, he made some throws. He did that. I, we knew he could make in Week Four against Minnesota, but he made it in. The divisional round when they were behind late in the game mm-hmm. against Green Bay. Like he he led that drive. I didn't it's not that I was doubting him, but we just didn't know if he had that in him. We hadn't seen it yet. And yeah, having McCaffrey's pretty nice too. That helps. Yeah, it really helps. I, I mean man. it helps. I mean, yeah, he, is he's Brock the Purdy, engine of the team. Is Brock Purdy the guy is he top five in the NFL that you would say if I've got to have a guy to go out and win me a game, would his name pop up on the top five list after no. what you saw yesterday? I don't think it would either. No. I think I, he. I think I don't think he's a yeah. pedestrian quarterback, but I don't think he's that quarterback right. yet either. I wouldn't say he's terribly far away because, like, I I would pro- 
Just after that, I would take him over Dak Prescott just from what I saw. And Dak's never had Christian McCaffrey, but you know what I mean? Like, we've seen it happen. And some of these, and I think Dak's a top 10 quarterback. So all that to say, Purdy's not that far off that list because there are top 10 quarterbacks in this league that I wouldn't trust in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you can just put him on any team. You're down down a field goal with a minute and a half left and one timeout. You know, I, I don't know that you could do that, but I don't think he's that far off. Then again, I don't know if I'd put Lamar Jackson in that either. Okay. He's That's not fair. far off, but I, I would I would take obviously Mahomes. I'd probably still take Josh Allen. I know that's weird coming a day after they uh they they lost close, but I'd probably still I take mean, Josh, did Josh Allen. Josh Allen lose that or did the kicker lose that? The kick the kicker probably lost. That. I know you can't give all the blame on the Josh kicker, Allen. but I mean, um, come on, man. You gotta make that. Yeah. Yeah. And and in fact, because it was funny about that one, and I know we'll talk more about that game, but um, the the broadcast team, Romo and, and Nance, were, were talking about that third and four or so, uh, and they brought in Jay Feely for this. They were like, Jay was like, you you got to get a first down here. You, it's like a 50-60% chance if they kick it from here. He can make it, but that's that's big. And they get the first down in a little in a few yards more, and he still missed it. <laughs> that was that was a tough watch. Yeah, Allen did all he could do there. So I'd probably put Josh Allen in that category still. Well, now that I think about it, can I get to five without Brock Purdy? Hmm. Mahomes, Allen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd still say Burrow when he's healthy. You wouldn't put Lamar Jackson in there? I, yeah, that's what I'm trying to think now, He's going to be a two-time I, MVP. And, I don't know. and he's yeah. got no... You compare the weapons he has to the weapons that Brock Purdy has, and it's not like they're right. That's not, the, they're that's not the even playing thing. the same position at this point. That's the other thing of that's why I'm not putting Purdy on that list because I just don't know if you can plug him into any team. Lamar might make, yeah, Lamar would probably make like fifth, fourth or fifth. Because I'm trying to think of who else I'd put in there. I mean, Rodgers is still in the league, so I guess I'd put Rodgers up I, there. I think you have to put <laughs> Rodgers in Rogers there. up there. Yeah, that gives me four. Um, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I'll give him this. I've seen Stafford do it more than I've seen Lamar Jackson do it. I don't think that's too fair on Lamar, but uh, one's in their prime, though, and one's not. Oh, this is tough. This is a good question, Ward. You know what? I I would give Stafford the edge because if we're talking about plugging him in on any team, he did do it with the Lions for years. If if you've (laughs) got a team, you've got to have a quarterback to go into, plug and play, to go win the game. Late in the game, fourth quarter, yeah. you'll take the game over and win it. I, there's just a handful of guys out there that, and it's a hard to put them in order. Yeah, and there's and there are guys who would make that list over the years, who you know would no longer be did, on that list. Yeah, or, or or guys that like wouldn't make the Super Bowl. Like I, ten years ago, I'd have Philip Rivers on that list. You Burrow. know what I mean? Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, I I would have Burrow on the list still. Yeah. I'm just looking at the NFL standings and like, okay, what yeah. quarterback are Yeah, I'm so we obviously miss Burrows and yeah, Burrow and Rodgers this year, but both of those would be on my list. Ahead of Brock Purdy and probably ahead of Lamar Jackson. But no doubt in my mind. I mean, this this looks so far like a good contract for Baltimore. And you know there were people in his ear telling him all offseason, Baltimore doesn't want you. There's rumors this week he wanted to go to New England and signs the big money and... It's kind of put up or shut up time, and so far he's put up Lamar Jackson. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I know we were talking about Brock Purdy there. Uh, Purdy's in a great situation. I don't think anyone denies that. And to your point, 
pedestrians probably a little too far in the wrong direction. I, do, I agree. But I, I personally don't think game manager is like a demerit. I, I, think I don't that's think okay. it's a bad thing. And I think he is a game manager. I think we just say that so often now that it's that it's like a negative or system quarterback being a negative. In this case, he is a system quarterback. He plays for the best offensive system in the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's and he's doing well with and it. And he's thriving. So yeah. Um so I like Brock Purdy. Uh to plug and play on any team, no. But he's only on one team. That's right. They're pretty good. And he he brought them down the field in that game. And yes, having Christian McCaffrey really helps. Yeah. Boy, what a fleece job they had for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Guy's got a couple years left on those tires. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. And what, he's seventh year in the league, probably? Seventh, eighth year? He's still got yeah, some he's got some. At tread. least, yeah. I think he fifteen or sixteen he came out of Stanford, so mm-hmm. yeah. He can play. Tampa Bay and the Lions. We talked about them earlier, Cam and this has got to be the best story in the NFL, right? And yeah. it took me a while to get to the fact of, okay, this Lions team is for real because I just wasn't going to buy it. I just refused to it. I watched Hard Knocks and everything else, and I was still like, yeah, sounds good. And they play in a in a bad division, although that profile gets raised with how you see Green Bay now. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of the year, that was a bad division. And... The way I thought about it, because I was in your boat, I was like, this is a good team. They're a playoff team. I don't know about anything more than that. And I think we all fall victim to this. It's because we don't know a lot of the names on the back of the jerseys. I don't know right? any. We just don't. Goff, St. Brown. St. Brown's a, a good receiver. Mm-hmm. We call him an elite all-pro receiver or anything like that. Good receiver. Right, Pro Bowl receiver. Aaron's giving me a look. He wants him to be the MVP. No, he's I mean, a he's, good, he's, he's a good receiver. Very he's, good receiver. He's a top five receiver. He's better than very good. Uh, okay. He's an elite receiver. Okay. You look at his numbers. Five. Mm, it's going to be a game of top five. There's five plus. guys I'd take in um, front of him. But I, I, and the more I watch of him, the more I really like him. And, and that's the thing. We just, we don't know who these guys are. So we just are conditioned to be like, eh, yeah, I don't think much about him. But you look at them now and I'm thinking, that's a really finely tooled team. It's the roster probably isn't as good as the Cowboys, but they're just as good a football team all year long. Mm-hmm. And showing that they can win football games in the playoffs, like they're they've been built for the playoffs. As a matter of fact, it looks like. So, I'm in, I'm in on this Lions team. I think they can beat San Francisco. That was my next question. Do you think that they can beat San Francisco? Yes. I know it's Monday. We'll talk about it all week long, and we'll get to our picks at the end of the week, but. I mean, just right off the surface, you look at the Lions having to go to San Francisco and take on the team that everybody's been talking about all season long. Do the Lions have a fighting chance? Yeah, I really think they do. Um, their game style is actually very similar to the Packers, and they held them in, in check for most of the game. But does that mean they're going to? No, it does not mean they're going to. And if I had to pick, I'd still probably pick the 49ers. But... Detroit, I think, can absolutely go in there. I mean, the way their defense is played, um, in, in really, when it matters, they're kind of a bend-but-don't-break defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that can work. Uh, now, covering Christian McCaffrey is another deal. They haven't faced anyone like him. But, um, yeah, I think they can go in there and win. And I haven't felt that way about all the games this postseason. To be honest with you, I didn't think Miami could beat Kansas City. 
I didn't think Pittsburgh could beat Buffalo. You know, uh, I really doubted that Houston could beat Baltimore. And I think Detroit can go in there and beat the 49ers. Does it help that they have the head coach and the coaching staff? Because, look, most of his coaching staff is former players. Yeah. And the mentality that they're going to carry into San Francisco is, hey, it's us against the world. Let's just go let it hang out. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing we talk about. I know there's only so much room for sentimentality in the NFL, right? But the head coach and the quarterback, the two most important positions on the team, were both guys that have been written off. Dan Campbell was just this meathead strength coach that was the interim in Miami <laughs> and looked like a South Park character, and that was it, right? Talk like one, too. Yes. And, and yeah, he does these ridiculous... Uh, uh, euphemisms too and all that and and Jared Goff was just this this uh pretty boy waste of a top of, of a number one pick uh killed in the Super Bowl against New England a couple years ago couldn't he only could fit in a McVay scheme and wasn't even that great in that and both these guys were on borrowed time I mean Campbell's situation was different his was as a head coach he could have been a a, a coach in other places but Jared Goff had a career on life support a year or two ago mm-hmm even when he was with Detroit after the trade. And here they are in the conference championship game. There is something to be said for that, of these two guys who have have been written off and have cre- clearly created a culture there of chip on our shoulder, nobody believes in us. And I know a lot of teams do have done that in the past. I mean, the Chiefs are probably doing that right now when we know that's BS, everyone believes in them. But with Detroit, it's true. Like, nobody believed they were going to be here. And here they they are. I, I I've used this term a lot the last couple of weeks. House money, house money, man. And everyone's written them off a thousand times, yet they're still here. And to create a culture like that is one thing. To have some dudes on the field like Goff, like Amon Ross, St. Brown, like Aiden Hutchinson. Now you've got the team to back it up, to back up that chip on your shoulder. They're not afraid of anybody. No, I don't think they are either. Should Which we fun. do sometimes see in the conference championship. Oh, yeah. We do sometimes see You see, see deer in the headlights. We see it against Kansas City. We saw it against New England for years. Um, you know, it's it happens. <laughs> it, it does. No doubt. Best game of the weekend, KC and Buffalo last night. We'll get into that coming up at the top of the hour. But I want to tell you about CTWP, your only local copier company, CTWP. WP has been in business since 1979. Coppers, wide format machines, shredders, and mailing machines as well. CTWP is authorized dealer for Xerox. Also, Konica, Minolta, Canon, Learmark, Brother, Kip, FP, and more. They offer short and long-term leases, rentals, and direct purchases. Option maintenance plans are available and include all parts, labor, and supplies. If you need to copy it, scan it, print it, bind it, fold it, or upload it to the cloud, CTWP and recommended the correct machine and software for your business. They support the community so far. They have donated over $2 million in nonprofits around Texas. Seven sales and service locations around Texas, including 3730 Franklin Avenue right here in Waco at 410 East Villa, Mara, and Bryan, and in Temple on Avenue M, 254-752-0376, or ctwp.com. 
Baylor. Big 12 basketball on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor basketball welcomes TCU into Foster Pavilion this Saturday. 2.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 3 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive through on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use a coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville in Marlin, Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection of metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction, we strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Everything we do, we do for you. Save to win at First Central Credit Union. Only $25 to start your Save to Win account. Every $25 deposit is another chance to win up to $5,000 in quarterly prizes. Save to Win accounts must be activated January 1st through April 30th. First Central Save to Win account is the smartest way to save. Everything we do, we do for you. Speak with a member service rep for details. Go online at firstcentralcu.com for official rules. Subject to membership eligibility and application policies, member NCUA. My house has a new Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Time now for Stephanie Sports Talk, a look at sports through the eyes of Stephanie, as only she could do with the Googles. Presented by Advanced Leveling House and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, Mosby's Land Management, Stiefel Investments, Volkswagen of Waco. She's back. 
Ta-da. <laughs> that was lackluster. Ta-da, everybody. That was awesome. That was awesome. A new era of Stephanie Sports Talk. I know. You never know what's going to happen. Did you say era or error? <laughs> Aaron. I'm not specifying. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron. We'll, we'll let the people decide. Well, y'all, we've been talking football, football. I know y'all have, too. But, you know, y'all laugh at me, but this yes. is serious. Yes, Quite often, yes we do. as a matter of fact. <laughs> Sometimes it's with you, though. This, okay. We are going to talk about the cheerleaders. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> All right. And we're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to have in-studio guest? Yeah. You got me. I was a cheerleader. Oh, brother. Uh. <laughs> Gee, Ward. <laughs> Thanks, best friend. I see uh, you every day. And? That's, that's a good thing. Be excitement. That's a good thing. We're very thankful. <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh, gosh. All right, here we go. The 49ers cheerleaders are called the Gold Rush cheerleaders. Okay, makes okay. sense. Golden Girls would have been perfect, but I'm sure that's an IP, so. No, that, yeah. Plus, when you, so that's Golden Girls, you think old ladies. That's why it would have been funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were founded in 1983. And, you know, besides dressing up and cheering for their team on their home games, they're very, very involved in the community. And they make appearances all the time. They even travel to Japan and all that. And, you know, y'all laugh, but these cheerleaders have a hard job. They have I will to, say, they're, they're from I what mean, I've heard, they're trotted around a lot. They do a lot of, like, what you're talking about, appearances, community service stuff. Uh, I met, in fact, this this will show you how much they're trotting around. I met the Baltimore Ravens cheerleaders at a Boy Scout jamboree. So yeah, so I mean, they, they, they go to a lot of things and they they and do a you've lot. You've got to have you have to have a very athletic dancer's body. I mean, you don't just oh, because when I was a cheerleader, you know, it was like gymnastics, tumbling, and all that. Mm. Well, now, and I'm going to get to some of this stuff. You know, you've got to be able to got to be able to have some moves. You're gonna to get to dancing. You're gonna do that for us. This is not. No, I'm not talking about me. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, this is a family show. Oh, uh, that okay. guys. There are two famous 49er cheerleaders. Terry Hatcher. Do you remember her? Yes. She's an actress, and she she was a 49er cheerleader. That's how she started. And Morgan McLeod. She was a cheerleader, and she went on that show Survivor. Oh, she's also it. a fitness model. So right. yeah, I don't get into that one. Okay, Baltimore Ravens. You ready for this? My mm-hmm. my my cheerleading team. Okay, yes. but they are one of <laughs> the lo- the only team. one I've met. Well, I've met Patriots cheerleaders. Okay, but get this. They are and Cowboys cheerleaders. Yeah, they're a co ed. They have guys and girls. So nope. you have you Don't have your dancers that. and you have your stunt people. Why are you looking like kind of like the college? Cheer crew, then. I, I get it for college, but yeah. like I don't mean to sound. This is. Oh, I hope I don't get canceled for this. But it feels like <laughs> NFL cheerleaders, like for the most part, they are there to kind of look good, right? They're like, eye candy, right? They have dance routines and they're great at it, right? And that, but that's part of it. Like, well, I, I the mean, guys and like for college cheerleaders, they're you know hoisting them up, they're doing the tricks, but they don't really do that in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. There are a few teams that have guys. Okay, that, okay but I mean. They kind of hang out with the mascot. Ravens the also girls. have a band. They do. I noticed yeah. that, and I've never noticed that until this weekend. Really? Yeah. yeah, they did a whole 30 for 30 about it. Um, well, you know. the Colts had a band when they were in Baltimore. Well, Kansas City has a around. band, too, called the, their cheerleaders are the Chiefettes, and the band is called the Chiefs Rumble. And they're a drum line. Okay. Okay, and so the, the Chicago well, that's Bears. that's not a band. Well, 
it's drums makes music. Well, that's, that's not Jay- a band. Okay, that's well, Jayhawk that's a drum they didn't line. Have college football. Cowboys for years, have so. a drum line <laughs> at AT and T Stadium. They have a drum line that plays up in the third deck. In the third deck. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyways, so there's 50 cheerleaders, dance and stunt team on the Ravens. They make over 250 events appearances um, around Maryland. All right. That's a lot of appearances. That's a lot. I And I mean this sincerely. I hope they're getting compensated well for that. Well, That so, feels like a thing of like, hey, you want to be a cheerleader? You work for the team? Here's what you're going to you do. Do what we ask you. Yeah. Well, I mean. And you get a part-time paycheck. Well, I'm so sure they get most down. NFL cheerleaders on average make $150 a game. When you do an appearance, um, even for charity, most cheerleaders get $330 for an appearance. Not bad. Okay, are they are they on salary with the team? Yep. Well, their salary is about hundred and fifty dollars a game. Oh. That remember that's their home games, and then if they go to the playoffs like the 49ers this weekend, they'll get hundred fifty dollars. Because I'm but, thinking if they sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out here. Because if they're making this many appearances, it's tough to work a full time job. Well, so think about this. I'm sure there's when you make do. an appearance, that doesn't mean the whole squad. Right, right. You just got a couple. Yeah. yeah. So you might have. Three to five or whatever. With the whole squad there, it's got to be like, I don't know, a big event. But they say on average these cheerleaders make $25,000 a year. So they all have full-time jobs. Okay. They all I was gonna say, have If you're just jobs. one of those who just does it on Sunday, obviously only home games, you could be a teacher. You could be a and, and there know, are some, talk show radio host. Yeah, and there are some that are also, you know, going to college and going to school and all mm-hmm. that. So, okay. okay. Um, I'm just trying to – I'm looking out for these for these women – Stephanie, I don't want them to be exploited. Well, look out for the men too. Yes, the, I'm looking out for the Baltimore Ravens men. Do, do the do the male cheerleaders do appearances? Yes. Because I'm sorry, man. You no. do appearances for photo ops. They're in photo ops. You do them for 13 year old Boy Scouts. <laughs> that is, that is. <laughs> like, I mean. Well, think you know, about you it. Hold if the you're check doing and... stunts, okay, some of those guys. But do you do stunts at the appearances? Is what I'm saying. I'm, sh- I'm sure you do. Just like when these <laughs> these dancers go, they're dancing. I okay. I don't think I that they go on appearances to dance. I really think they just go. They go like, to with sign the autographs. Yes, and hang and out. They, yes. Well, they may do a dance. They're not going to do a dance. They might. It depends on where they're going. Right. No. Anyways, moving on. Detroit Lions. Okay. <laughs> Get this. So the owner. Whoever the owner was back a long time ago didn't want cheerleaders. So in 2010, um, this group of girls got together and got a team together, whatever, a squad. So they became official in 2016. So the people in 2010, the girls there, they weren't getting paid or anything. They were just doing it just the cameras on me Hmm. type. But then in 2016, it actually became a part of the organization, the NFL cheerleaders. So um, they, too, have to travel, and they, too, you know, all these NFL cheerleaders have all these appearances they have to do Yeah, throughout the year. That would get old. Okay. Now, in 1989, the Kansas City Chiefs, they used to have the um, horse come out, remember? Mm-hmm. And it usually it was a cheerleader on top. Oh, really? Of the horse riding it. I don't remember cool. that. I think it would be cool, too. Very cool, man. Imagine the posters in kids' rooms around Kansas City. I know. Now, Kansas City City started out as a co-ed team, and then they finally dropped them. So now you just have the Chiefettes. And Warpaint, the horse, he retired in 1989. So 
What is the point of this story? Absolutely nothing. I was wondering that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of was thinking, thinking about, about cheerleaders. Well, you said, Ward, I want you to do, you said, go do your homework and see what these cheerleaders are going to wear. Well, it was cold in most places, so mm. they just wore their sweat outfits. There so. you go. But I started reading about, like, the history of these squats cheerleading cheerleaders, and I right. just thought it was, oh. So a lot of them haven't even been around that long, really. Except for maybe the Dallas Cowboys. Who was the, yeah, who was the first Cowboys were the first, team right? to ever have a cheerleading squad? Well, I didn't get that far in the goals. Dallas Cowboys. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Like, and they're the most famous. Sure. Yes, they are. Dolly Parton's one. <laughs> <laughs> now, here are some NFL teams that do not have cheerleaders. Ooh, ooh, can I guess? Okay, go. Can I try and just guess one? I'm just trying to think of a snobby team. Um, a snobby team. Um, yeah, snobby. That's like, oh, we don't need cheerleaders. Go ahead. Uh, the New York Giants. Yes. Really? Bang. Steelers. Yes. S- see, just this old money. These old NFL. Keep going. Type. The Keep Bears. Going. Correct. The Packers. Correct. There's How many th- are there? Two more. There's one, two, three. Now this one team we had this cheerleaders. This is perfect. Browns. Is that not just four for four? Yes. The Browns. Mother are, old, I, I only guess that for your reasoning. Just old money, yeah. yeah. And uh, then um, this one team, they used to have cheerleaders, and then they just got rid of them. They don't have them anymore. The Bills. Really? Uh-huh. Was and there a scandal there? Possibly. It's just too cold most of the time. It's that, too. <laughs> okay. All right, so it's six out of the seven? Okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight. Oh, can, one of the L.A. teams. Yep. Chargers of the Rams. Chargers. They just don't have enough fans. Um, <laughs> just don't have enough interest. <laughs> and uh, then the last one, can you guess it? Um, the it's up r- north. Oh, I was going to say north. the Raiders, but there's no way. Uh, the Vikings. No. The Jets. Oh, both New York teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, how progressive there, of them. There's a common theme there, too, if you'll look at it. What is the common theme? They're all old school franchises. Okay, there you go. They're all outdoor stadiums in the north. Yeah. That's true. So I there wouldn't really want to cheer be, in the cold weather. There really might be like a cost-effective thing here of cost-effective. Well, if the o- think about this, if the owners are thinking, if the look, this isn't my necessarily opinion, but if the <laughs> owners are thinking they're out there for eye candy, right? But half your games, it's too cold for them to wear, you know, booty shorts. Booty shorts. They're then, bikinis. They're basically wearing yeah, nothing. Yeah. Then, then, then maybe it's not cost-effective for them if they're thinking that way. Oh, that could be. That's a, that's a good thought, Cam. That's a good thought. The, the, the thoughts <laughs> I am putting out there are not representative of my own. But seriously, I have seen like the Ravens and the, and the Patriots. Their cheerleaders are out like doing community events. Yeah, well, and so I think that's worth it for other teams. Well, you know, um, just you know, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Let's just take them for an example, right? Mm-hmm. They have their own, you know, mm-hmm. becoming a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, or whatever, or making of a cheerleader. Um, and it's pretty brutal. I mean, yeah. And I looked up, and the majority of these teams in the NFL, their cheerleading tryouts start in April, May, and then the draft. Yeah, <laughs> it's all exactly. player development. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, you have you have so much you have to do uh, an interview. You have to write an essay. You, I mean, you have to go through a lot. You have to send in a video wow, of yourself. It's like applying to college. Exactly. And then here's the thing is you can't be like pretty and dumb. Right. You have to be pretty and smart. 
Like they question because you're you out, you're out, out there, there representing. The yes. yes, that's so. And you have to know football. They have to, you know, where does the quarterback play? You know, mm-hmm. what is a defensive lineman? And you have to know that kind of stuff. And um, so it's not like these girls are like dumb dumb. Good. They may look I actually, dumb. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that. That is true though. Like I, I actually one of my friends growing up, his mom was an alternate for the Patriots cheerleaders. This is before I was born, but like. And she's a smart lady, makes pretty good money, like very nice. Like, you know, yeah. you wouldn't ever think, oh, you know, like they used to say, dumb, whatever. Uh, she's probably a cheerleader. So I get that. And a lot of these girls do this. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say so much for attention, but it also opens up doors um, for like media acting Absolutely. and all that. Um, there's been a couple that I've even gone into um, journalism. Uh, for local television stations, and that started from there. So you got to be some that. smart. I guess that's why I didn't make it. <laughs> Stephanie, come on. Wow. Come on. I'm just wow. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This segment's taking a toll on you over the weeks. What are you, what are you saying? You're starting to doubt yourself. I don't want I that. I don't doubt Stephanie. myself. I'm the smartest one in the room. <laughs> you know, that might be true. <laughs> on some level. On some level. It's just, But this room, this room is what you're bragging about? In this building. <laughs> <laughs> Some days, Stephanie. Some days. But yeah. Wow. Anyways, so if you want to be a cheerleader for any of these teams, guys or girls, mm-hmm. some take guys, you better look good, be smart, have a good body. You know. That, that helps. Some some criteria there. Total criteria. Okay. And you better have some dance skills. I can tell you that. All right. So yeah, they go. basically are just Stay professional dry. dancers. I know it's wet. All right. Coming up next, we'll get back into some of the games, and we'll talk about that Chiefs-Bill game last night. Maybe the best game over the weekend, and maybe the best game of the year. That's coming up next on the Press Box. Baylor, Big 12 women's basketball on ESPN Central Texas. It's Baylor and Kansas State women's basketball Monday in Foster Pavilion. 7 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 7.30 tip-off Monday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. I'm Amy Hunter, owner of Jeff Hunter Toyota. As you know, there's a lot of road construction in front of our dealership. Improvements are being made every day. And new Toyotas are arriving every day. All kinds of makes and models with new and exciting features. The Toyota brand is a leader in the automotive world in both popularity and reliability. 
Stop by and let us prove it to you. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch. La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DD Temple, ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuels Studios. Welcome back to hour number two of the Press Box. Worldwide's Cameron Suter along with you. How bizarre, huh? Oh, good song. Great song. One of the great one-hit wonders ever. And we were talking just before we came back, how bizarre for the Kansas City Chiefs after they win in Buffalo last night. (laughs) Well, the water, hot water gets turned off in their locker rooms. They have to take cold showers before they hit the plane. Just a coincidence. Yeah, it didn't happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Water heater went out. Sorry. Mm. that's tough i'm sure the bills had the same problem i bet they didn't i'm sure that's tough man because man, we were just saying they that get is r- so old school you get right on the plane too so it's not like you spend the night at the hotel you just take a hot shower there nope Mm-mm. you're you're on the plane you're <laughs> next time you're getting a shot at that is three in the morning when you get home oh my oh that's that is, bad that is so old school that's hilarious bitter man they get snowballs pelted at them on their way into the locker room Probably thinking, oh, did you right, see the snowballs coming shower. out of the stands the entire game? Yeah. Yes. Specifically, like after that missed field goal or when they hit, hit the first down, they kept showing the, the Chiefs players like waving goodbye and just snowball, snowball. At least it could be, at least they're not throwing beer cans at them or beer bottles or batteries inside yeah, the right, snowball like right. they used to throw at Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Remember that in yeah. Philly? Yeah. At least it's not that. 
Yeah. We that, hope. We yeah, you hope. <laughs> Don't tell him what's in that snowball. Oh man. Kansas City, Buffalo. Best game over the weekend, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Best game in the NFL this season. I think it's gotta be close. If you if you put some extra weight on playoff games, then it's probably gotta be the best. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I was like, oh yeah, that one was better. That one was great. I don't know. Uh, Kansas City Philly was a good game, but I don't know. I, that's that's right up there. Um, man, I just this is like being in the Eastern Conference in the NBA in the '90s and having to go against the Bulls. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's just you're the second best team in the AFC for a good five years now. Like that's that's a not insignificant. And in the with the parity of the NFL that it usually should be the way the NFL should be. You should be able to break free. They just can't do it, man. They can't do it. Now, I mean, this was their year. They finally got them on the home field, right? Yeah. The Bills finally said, okay, KC, you get to come to our place for the first time ever. For the first time in his career mm-hmm. in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes has to find a way to win on the road. And boy, did he ever find a way to win on the road. Yeah. It's nuts. because He was phenomenal last night. Yeah. And, and what's crazy about that, too, is the first time they get him in Buffalo and... It's the first time Kansas City doesn't seem completely impenetrable, right? Like, and for both teams, this is not the best addition they've had. Like two years ago, that was fantastic. They were they were both just so high end. Both could have won the Super Bowl. Um, and you get them at home, and you've got them kind of where you want them. You got a lead. I know that lead's going back and forth, but you're setting up for the game tying field goal, and you like where you're at. Maybe too much time for Mahomes. Who knows? But those famous two words, that the most horrific two words in Buffalo, wide right. <laughs> but yeah, Mahomes, man, I mean, you look at the, the numbers and it's not like one of these all-time vintage performances, but like the Lamar Jackson on the other side, we, we talked about in, the, in a couple segments ago, uh, you watch the game, he was in control mm-hmm. the whole game. 215, that's all he throws for, two touchdowns, no picks, but he's in control of that game. On, on, the, on the other hand, Allen completes 26 for only 186. So um, that that's, in fact, and I don't love being just a box score guy, but if you look at the box score of this game, it's what really tells me how high quality this game was. Two really good teams going at it. The leading passer in the game is 215. Leading rusher in the game has under 100. Leading receiver in the game has 75 yards. Because you can't just key on one guy. No. That, that's how good the talent is on both sides. That I'm looking at, like, Dalton Kincaid had a real good game. You know, they kept going to him, and he was making plays. Five receptions, 45 yards. You know, nothing special. <laughs> Buffalo's leading rusher was Josh Allen. Shocker. Like... That that was just shows me the quality on both sides. It was such a fun game to watch, um, and I felt for Buffalo. I really did. You have to. Yeah, I, I'm not one of those people. I mean, I was pulling like, for Kansas City, obvious reasons. You know, and yeah, you're a tech guy, and so, but you you're right. You watch that field goal sail to the right, and you just think that for lifelong Bills fans. That's just got to sit hard in your stomach. That's what you've got. That This is I mean, it, your team's that's, existence. That's the constant 
If you think of the Buffalo Bills, you think of two things. O.J. Simpson and wide right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, that's yeah, all you have. when you think of the four straight Super Bowls, it's you, yes. you just think of wide right. And it's just, it's one of those games. I know we have all had them as diehard sports fans where you have to, like, a day like today where you're just thinking back and you're thinking, is this ever going to happen? Not rethinking your fandom. You're not going to go to another team. But no. just thinking, is this ever going to happen for us? <laughs> you know? Um, and Cowboy I know this, fans feel that right now. Right. Right. And and that's legit. And and it's, you know, it didn't happen in the Super Bowl to Buffalo this time. But again, you you finally, after like 20, 25 years of futility and just everything going wrong, you got it right. You had the right coach. You had the right quarterback. You drafted the right players. You built the team the right way. Well, that's what's weird about this thing, too, is Buffalo for years has been built for the playoffs and yet has not gotten to the Super Bowl, right? Like everything was right, finally. And you go through five years of this, of being the second best team in the conference and never beating number one. Is that more on Buffalo, or is that more of a bigger case of just how good Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid are? I think it's Kansas City. I do, too. I think it is. And uh, I'll tap back into my fandom here because for years it was, you know, I mean, Denver beat the Patriots a few times. The Colts beat them once. But the Colts is a great example. For years they couldn't get over that hump. They had really good teams. And yeah, they couldn't play outside. Maybe that was it. Or Pittsburgh, more recently, within the last decade, with Roethlisberger. You know, they were past the Super Bowl teams that they had, but that's because they kept running into the Patriots. You know, they had good teams year after year after year, even at the tail end of it in just the AFC East, Buffalo, for like the first two years of Josh Allen, couldn't get past it. That's because of the Patriots. It wasn't because of them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel for these teams. I I saw it uh, with NBA teams even more recently of just trying to wait out wherever LeBron was because you weren't going to beat him, whether it was the Celtics or Toronto or, you know, and, and so I think of that and I think, yeah, it's more of these good teams that's ahead of them, in this case, Kansas City, than it is Buffalo because I, I, I really, you can split hairs about some things they've done wrong in the playoffs, but realistically, they have been built for the playoffs. There has been really no huge holes in this team the last five years. But Kansas City, in fact, in fact, if we want to get really technical with it, Ward, I would say Kansas City has had more holes in their team the last few years than Buffalo's had. Oh, I agree. But they have the quarterback. They find a way. Yeah. They have the quarterback. They have a better, they have a better coach. Sure. They have a better skill player in, in Travis Kelsey versus maybe a Stephon Diggs. But they just, they find the way. They know how to win in the playoffs. And Buffalo... They've gotten close so many times. I think it's more a case of Kansas City is a dynastic team. I mean, they are on the precipice of a dynasty here than Buffalo really doing any one thing wrong. You know, I just... I agree. They've, they've got... Most of these years, they've had what, what's been a top five quarterback. Kansas City's just had a top one quarterback. <laughs> and that's, that's the major difference for me. That's why I can't bet against the kid. No, it's, it's tough. So, the... Conference championships are set. It will be Denver at San Francisco and Baltimore hosting KC. Six straight conference championships for Kansas City, by the way. 
Pat Almost Mahomes, since being a starter, has never missed the conference championship. Mm. Since being a starter, has That's never good, missed a conference championship. And we want to talk about like the long term of this. I don't know if there's going to be any team that quite recreates what the Patriots did, it, it, just in the way the NFL set up now. But yes, Kansas City will be the closest, mm-hmm. I think. Now they've got to worry down the line because, you know, New England's quarterback kept taking pay cuts to keep that thing going. And Mahomes is one of the highest, I think maybe the highest paid player in the league. So Until Dak gets it this year. Right, that's what I was thinking. Um, so we'll see, you know, past these next couple of years, especially with Kelsey running out of time. But but they're as close as, and that, that's as close as you'll get, I think. Mm-hmm. And if they win this year, which is two wins away, I know. But three in five years with a back-to-back in there, that's a dynasty. It is in today's world. Dynasty. Yeah. It has so, to be. Uh, but this is... I mean, this was, in my opinion, even when Miami was good, this was the two best teams in the AFC for me. Me too. I Baltimore agree. Baltimore and Kansas City. This is should be, be fun. Classic. Should be fun. Should be a classic. Anyway. All right, coming up next, we'll visit with Chad President. He's the new offensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats, which you'll hear right here on ESPN Central Texas. That's coming up next on the Press Box. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday, live from Rudy's, with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join us Thursday and hear from equestrian head coach Casey Maxwell and men's basketball head coach Scott Rue. That's Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. for the Baylor Coaches Show, here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossey, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hawn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at mytotaloffice.com. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville in Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection of metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction, we strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Every day, Incommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, Incommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At Incommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at IncommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. 
Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Nobody covers football in Central Texas like ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward White's Cam Stewart along with you here on this Monday afternoon. And join us now, as promised, the new offensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats, Mr. Chad President. And, Coach, congratulations in getting your way back to Temple High School. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a full circle. I'm very blessed to be back here in my hometown. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to building this offseason and getting, the, and then getting to the fall season and see what we can do. Coach, what was the biggest draw for you to take over as the Wildcats OC? Was it looking at the talent, the possibilities they had? Was it just an opportunity to coach with some of the coaches there? Was it a combination of those two things? Or was it just, hey, since I was a kid, I wanted to be a coach on the sidelines here at Temple High School? I think it's a, I think it's a combination of all those things. Um, I think that's one thing me and Coach Stewart talked about uh, on, my, on my interview process. He wanted me to come in, get my eyes on the kids, and you know, see if we can win with the kids we have. And, and that's the thing I know about Temple, Texas, is there's always going to be kids here with talent. There's always going to be kids here with good size, good speed. And um, I think just working for a superintendent like Dr. Ott, um, our new athletic director, Coach Prentice, and then working for a guy like Coach Stewart. I mean, there's not much; it can't get much better than that, and especially in this area. So, I think it, all those all those factors just kind of helped me out in the decision process. And then, you know, just being a kid growing up here, um, coming to games on Friday Night Lights, and uh, just watching the experience from the fans and you know the whole crowd, and and then actually getting to do it in high school. I think it was just a no brainer for me. And coach, you mentioned there kind of getting to look at, at the Temple players during that whole interview process. What what stood out to you? You know, a lot of people look at the look at the record from last year and they think, boy, he must not have been impressed. But there were some players on this team. So what impressed you about this roster that you're taking over here? I think um the first of all, the size that we have up front. Um I think we have three returning guys up front. Um and then, you know, the skill positions, you know, we got Coach Stewart's son coming back, Cade Stewart, um, Christian Tutson, who plays uh, outside receiver. Um, so I think you just look at the pieces that, that are there and then you got young guys, you know, that played JV last year or played freshman football last year that, you know, I kind of got to watch them play when they played us at Midway. And so kind of just seeing the talent that Temple always has. And it's just, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on and, and kind of get to sit down with these guys and meet and, and truly talk X's and O's and kind of get the offense installs. 
Coach Chad, President, Offensive Coordinator for the Temple Wildcats, with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Coach, you mentioned growing up there in Temple, and when you were a little kid, you always wanted to be a Temple Wildcat. How important is you coming back to your hometown to get that back? Not necessarily that it's not there, but to create that excitement of young kids hanging over the rails, waiting for the day that they can go out there on a Friday night. I think, I mean, it's, it's big, it's big for me. And that's one thing, you know, I, I pride myself on every day is showing up, you know, giving 110%, no matter what's going on in my personal life, these kids deserve it. They deserve somebody that cares for them, loves them, you know, and gives them belief that, you know, they can win football games. They can graduate high school. They can go to college, you know, and I've done all those things. So I think just trying to instill that belief that they can do it, um, you know, especially coming back. I mean, we're still fighting COVID. So coming out of that, you know, that shell and, kind of you know getting back normal and then you know majority of these kids you know they were in elementary and uh when i was in high school and so it's not you know it's, i'm i'm not too far removed about you know what they go through in this generation and stuff like that so i think just having that that common ground of understanding and you know trying to build it together and kind of going off that same point of you know giving these kids the confidence do you think that is more of a a, a tough job coming in after a one and nine season and being able to instill that in these kids and, and remind them of the tradition, the great tradition that Temple has? I think it can be tough. Um, but I think once you look at it, it's a new year. I mean, it's new kids, new faces. Uh, and so you just try to try to wipe the slate clean and it's a new fresh start for everybody. So it's like, I don't care what they did last year. I don't care what they did previous years. It's like I told them, everybody has a clean slate. So what you do today is going to affect you down the road and how our relationship is going to go. Um, and I think it's just, for me, it's like paid community service. Like, I don't, I could, I'd do it for free if I want, if I could, you know what I mean? Just because I love, I love Temple, I love football. And, um, you know, these kids are special. And I think, you know, just getting them back on track, it's going to be fun. We're going to make sure Dr. Ott doesn't hear that. We want you to keep getting a paycheck, Coach <laughs> President. Just, okay? We're going to make sure he doesn't hear that. <laughs> Coach President with us here. And being a quarterback there at Temple, you know the pressures that it takes to play quarterback at Temple High School. How much can that help this young quarterback room that you're taking over? I think, you know, not trying to compare them to myself. You know, I feel like a lot of coaches, you know, who played at Division One or played in the NFL, they start coaching. You know, they try to compare players to themselves. And, and that's one thing I won't do. You know, my, my job is to figure out their skill set and then try to put them in the, in the right play, the right, the right formation, and so they can be successful. So I think just having that, trying to be on the same page when it comes to scheme, and then, you know, try to be there from outside of school, you know, whether that's if they need me to show up to a choir concert or, hey, coach, come come hang out with me and the family or whatever the case may be, you know, just kind of building that relationship. And then that way we can have trust when we step between those white lines. And, you know, the pressure comes with the territory. I mean, if you want to play quarterback, you know, when you win games, it's going to be, you know, your fault. If you lose games, it's going to be your fault. So it's like you can't you can't get too high. You can't get too low. You just got to always be even killed and. You know, and just and our job isn't to win the game; it's to manage the game and get the ball to playmakers and let them be successful. And, and coach, looking at Midway this year, you know, obviously it was it was a tough start. There was a lot of headlines surrounding the program, and you guys were able to rally the troops and be one of the hottest teams in six A going into the playoffs. What went into that turnaround this season? Um, I think just kind of the same same thing, really. You know, when I got there, and uh, you know, majority of the coaches were pretty new. I actually got to bring some coaches with me and uh, we kind of just preached like, guys, we just got to stay the course. And we kind of just stayed the course throughout, you know, spring ball, summer workouts. And then, like you said, it was a slow start to the season, but 
we knew once we got the district, you know, it, it wasn't as tough as our preseason schedule. And so we just kind of kept staying the course. And then, you know, we kind of just hit our stride. And once you – it's kind of contagious. Once you kind of figure it out, you just keep figuring it out and figuring it out, you know. So those kids just stayed with it. And, you know, I'm very thankful for my time at Midway. It was fun. I learned a lot. You know, and those kids are just resilient as well. So it, it was a fun ride. Coach Chad President, offensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats, with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Coach, how important is it that you were able to get on campus early and have the entire semester going into spring ball to be able to not only instill your offense, that's a big part of it, but just get to know the kids, maybe even more part of it? I think that's the that's the, that's the the kicker. Um, you know, you come, coming off, I got here two weeks before Christmas break, and uh, kind of got settled in, you know, myself, moving things and doing things like that. Um, and so now just coming back off the new year, it's, now it's about, you know, grinding in the weight room. You know, and that's another side that kids kind of don't see sometimes from coaches is, yeah, we get it, Coach. You, you're good with the X's and O's, but I'm also good in the weight room, and I know what I'm doing in the weight room as well. And so I think just building the weight room, and that's going to tra- transition to the field. And so I think just off season, that's, that's our mindset, you know, get, load the weight and load the bar with weight. Um, fight through adversity, fight through some pain and aches, and, you know, just keep building it that way. And it's been very fortunate. I got to meet a lot of teachers so far, um, principals, other coaches, um, been down to the middle schools to see our incoming ninth graders. And so I think just kind of, you know, seeing what's coming and seeing what's going and then, you know, just building the foundation that way. And I'm also very, uh, very blessed. Um, I have an eight-year-old daughter. Um, she's always been in Temple, Texas, even when I was in college, working at Rockwall Heath and working at Midway. And so now, you know, she's right down the street at Scott Elementary, so I can just pop in on her when I want to and, you know, take her lunch, pick, take her donuts in the morning or whatever the case may be. So right now I'm, I feel like I just won the lottery, you know, getting this job. And so I'm just excited for everything that comes with it. Geez, Barry in the lead. That sounds like the best part, Coach. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, and looking at kind of your offensive philosophy here, um, for, for those who didn't get to watch Midway a lot, I always ask this to coaches. When, when things are going right, with the Chad President offense, what are you hoping the opposing coaches are saying after the game? Um, that, you know, we, we were dominant up front, you know, very physical up front. Um, we made plays when it was time to make plays. And um, the best thing for me is always your quarterback was prepared. Um, so I think those three things, um, and those are the three things that, you know, I preach every day. We're going to be dominant up front. We're going to make plays at the skill positions. And then the quarterback, you just got to make the right decisions. You know what I mean? So I think those three things go into it. Um, and so that, that's kind of, that's kind of my philosophy with it. And, you know, everybody has their own spin on this offense. It's the Art Browse offense that they ran at Houston. They ran at Baylor, you know, coach Spradlin brought it to Temple, Texas in 2011. And, uh, you know, I've kind of been fortunate enough to go up to Tulsa play there for coach Montgomery, who runs the same offense and he kind of put his own twist to it. And so it's kind of like a combination of all those things. And, you know, this offense is growing and I can't wait to share it with the staff that I have and, you know, and teach those guys. And if they want to run off and be offensive coordinators and do their own thing, that's that's kind of the part of it too. So, it's a fun offense, high tempo, um, fast paced. But we're going to be dom- we're going to be dominant in the trenches for sure. Coach, I, I know that with this type of offense, and I know Coach Stewart's philosophy on this as well. Working with him over the past years, for you, those multi-sport athletes who compete on a day-to-day basis throughout the year in different sports. Is that imperative for your offense to be successful to have those type of kids on your offense? I think it's imperative for every kid to be successful. I think if you're if you come out of middle school and you're saying I just want to play baseball, I mean you're shortchanging yourself. You know, I was a fortunate athlete where I played football, 
I played basketball, ran track. Um, I really didn't do the baseball thing. I kind of stopped playing, you know, when I was eight years old. It was too slow for me. Uh, <laughs> That's someone know, who but, runs the Bryles offense, yeah. if you're saying that, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I think, you know, all those things, the mechanic-wise, you know, being an athlete, it all ties in, you know, hip and shoulder movement, that goes with everything, throwing the football, swinging a golf club, swinging a bat, shooting a free throw. And so I think the more you can do that with your body and also stay healthy, the better athlete you're going to be. And um, I think just having different kind of bodies and different kind of athletes in an offense, you can kind of tailor it how you want to. You know, like I know when I was here, we had a tight end that was 6'3", 220 pounds. And, you know, the next couple of years, they didn't have that. Or then a couple of years after that, they had Jerry Wiley, who was 6'6", you know, 250 pounds. So I think just having those different kind of bodies and then tailoring the system to those kids, it makes you successful. And, and talking some more about your uh, offensive philosophy there, Coach. You know, we saw it with with Bryles and with Montgomery. Um, a lot of people just think it's, ah, uh, stand back there, drop it one read, throw it deep. But you mentioned it a few answers ago of, and I guess my question is, how important is it in this offense, even though it looks just flashy and fast, to win up front and to really run the ball effectively? Well, and that, that's how, I mean, that's where, you know, it opens up everything else. We're not a team that's going to throw the ball to open up the run. You know, we're going to run the ball to open up the throw. I want to get those safeties down in the box um, and play action pass and try to go over the top. Um, but I think that's where the game's won on all levels, whether you look at it from peewee to middle school to high school to college to NFL to Canadian football, it doesn't matter. And when you win up front, you, you know, you give yourself a chance to win the game. And, you know, when it comes down to the fourth quarter and, you know, there's six minutes left on the clock and we got to get two first downs to win this game. Those are the guys I'm going to lean on. I'm not going to sit there and try to throw the ball. I'm not going to sit there and try to trick play you. I'm going to grab those guys up front and say, we're putting the game on your back. Go win it for us. And so those are, that's the type of mentality right now that we're building in the weight room, of, you know, squatting, getting low and learning how to move people and that's, that kind of stuff. And so it just opens up everything else and, and allows you to be more dynamic. Coach Tad President, offensive coordinator of the Temple Wildcats, with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Coach, certainly do appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy guy trying to trying to get everything going in the right direction for you and your staff right now, but really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Welcome home and look forward to working with you throughout the year. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys and what you do. I mean, I, I appreciate every every reporter, every guy that covers sports. I mean, it's a big thing for me. And I, anytime I can, you know, hop on and talk ball with you guys or wherever the case may be, I'm always here for you. Thanks, Coach. Enjoy the day. There he goes. All right, no problem. You Chad too. President, offensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats. And I'm telling you, there's Wildcat fans in Temple right now that are ecstatic yeah. to have Chad President back as the offensive coordinator, back on the staff there in Temple. That's a huge, huge get for head coach Scott Stewart. It's big, and to be the flip side, to be the Debbie Downer here, I think there are some people listening to us in Hewitt who are a little upset that he's leaving. Uh, well, yeah. Because, I mean, you look at the resume, and it's just fantastic. And he even touched on it there. He's still a young guy. Like, he, he can relate to these kids, and he was not at Temple not that long ago. You know, it's not like you have to listen to your grandfather talk about the days he was playing at Temple uh, <laughs> and, you know, and plays major college football for an offensive genius. Philip Montgomery at, at Tulsa, you know, best head coach. I don't know, but a, a big offensive mind, great offensive mind. And he's bringing that fast, fun style down there. And I think what's what's great about that style in particular, obviously we loved watching it here at, in Waco and at Baylor, but what's great about it is it's, it's a good offensive style to turn a team around quickly, mm-hmm. right? Not to say it's not hard to learn, but it's one that kids get excited about and 
it it doesn't require like you know this it, it's not a 50 page playbook right i think is what right. i'm trying to say so it's one that you can you can get people excited with both players and fans and coaches and it's one that can help turn around a team quickly uh because it's something that you can get behind we saw it at Baylor uh there's no reason why we can't see it in at Temple High and this is a guy who's been around the district so he he knows he's familiar with these teams already um and certainly you could hear the confidence in there. Yep. He's not coming in here to make Temple a doormat in this district. You know, he knows no. they can compete and they can win in this district. I, I think it's going to be fun. And one of the things that we didn't touch with it, but when he was at Rockwall Heath in the, the last two times that the Temple Wildcats played Rockwall Heath, one time in Burleson and one time in at McLean Stadium in the second round of the playoffs, guess who was the offensive coordinator? Chad, Chad President. Hasn't. Guess what his football teams did as the offensive coordinator for three of the four seasons when he was there? They averaged more than 500 yards per game in total offense. Average. Averaged. Not many offenses That's can good, say that. Lord. That's, That's good. Outstanding. <laughs> Average. Wow. And more we knew than they, always, yards. they always had good offense. They always had good quarterbacks. Yes. Up there at Heath. Oh, man. That, that's an exciting hire uh, for Temple. And. That's a guy who, you know, not to overstep this because he's only just started a temple. He's going to be a head coach soon. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a head coach soon because he's got a philosophy, and it's going to start when he starts winning games at Temple High. Because I, I, I see, I see his his pedigree, and you know, I mean, Temple did have some athletes on that team. It's not like they were just hapless kids who didn't know how to play football, right? They they had some athletes on that team. I could see them turning that around quickly, and the waters start to get a lot. A lot nicer down there at Temple High. Should be a lot of fun. It should be. I know you'll be tuned into that quite a bit. So well, you've always got your finger on the pulse of the Temple Wildcats. I'll be doing the play-by-play again, so yeah. it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll have. I'll you'll have, know a thing or two. You'll I might see know some what's games. going on. <laughs> Coming up tomorrow at one fifteen, we'll visit with Thomas Rocco. He's the new defensive coordinator for Scott Stewart and the Temple Wildcats. So we'll get a look at the other side of the football and. Boy, this guy is very, very interesting where he's been and what he's done. Yes. I'm excited to talk to Coach Rocco as well. We'll have him tomorrow right here on the Press Box. Let's get into some college hoops. That's next right here on the Press Box. Baylor, Big 12 Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Basketball welcomes TCU into Foster Pavilion this Saturday. 2.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 3 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Hey folks, Terry Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Traverse is $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, $3,000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember folks, we're only a heartbeat away at McGregor, or we treat you like family. Find new roads. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. 
Family owned and operated and located in Cossie. Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Some of those old injuries, they begin to creep up and things begin to start hurting again. I finally got to the point where I'm like, I can't just wake up and know my knee's going to be bothering me and push through this on a daily basis. Old football injuries can't keep former college and pro football player Bobby Carpenter down. So he decided to check out the all-natural regenerative pain treatments at QC Kinetics. I was fortunate enough to obviously sit down with QC and kind of understand your body still has the ability to heal in it. We just need to give it a little bit of a boost. Exactly. QC Kinetics concentrates your body's own healing agents in your painful hips, shoulders, knees, or back. Everyone can say, well, you need to replace this or replace that, but it's no surprise to see people being willing to try this first, especially when it has such great results. QC Kinetics treatments take place the same day right in the office. No downtime. Call today for your complimentary consultation and see if you're a good candidate. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville and Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your concerns. Construction needs with our extensive range of materials. We ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Central Texas, it's time to support our youth. You're invited to attend the 2024 McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair February 5th through the 9th at Extraco Event Center in Waco. More than 500 McLennan County 4-H and FFA students will be exhibiting livestock for an opportunity to sell at the annual Sale of Champions Friday, February 9th at 6.30 p.m. Last year's sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects. For more information, call 254-722-2597 and like the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show on Facebook. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Here on this rainy day Monday. Reminds me of a song somehow. Yeah? Wasn't there a rainy day Monday song? Yeah, maybe. Long time ago, I think. Maybe. Way past, way past you. Maybe, but apparently I I can cover the generations here. A little you bit can. of Stephanie Cook. You can't. Yeah, well, <laughs> Music. Yeah. I didn't. I, I knew I liked old music, but I didn't know how good I was, apparently. Right. Just to toot my own horn a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, mean, I mean, you know, there's something to be said, too, because, I mean, I'm sure you heard it in your parents' house. Yeah, yeah. And so, not like you didn't not grow up with it. Right, right, yeah. So I talked about my dad was like, Completely, complete neophyte when it came to it. But my mom listened to, I mean, 
like even stuff like she would listen to the stuff in the 60s and she was born in the mid 60s so she would go a little bit before she was born too mm-hmm. i had a big phase actually of 50s music love 50s music as like as like a 16 year old yeah love, like love buddy holly i mean he's one of uh, my absolute favorites. my favorite lubbock legend um little richard huge fan mm-hmm. me too uh johnny cash was one of the first people i actually ever listened to mm-hmm. um would you consider hmm, this is a quick aside quick aside i probably oh, you're fine would you consider Johnny Cash entirely country? Because this oh, is a tough one. The lines were very much blurred back then. I, I think he completely drifted sure. that direction. Yeah. But when Johnny Cash was getting started, he was trying to be rockabilly. Yes. He wanted to... He wanted to follow Elvis as much as he possibly could. Right. So he was trying that genre. It just wasn't working for him as well as he wanted. And then when he drifted to more of the rock, instead of rockabilly, the hillbilly twang, mm-hmm. the countryside of things, his career took off. Okay. Because I saw a list recently, this is why I asked, that had the top 10 country songs ever, and number one was Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well... I guess, like, I, I just always thought of him as an early rock pioneer. And yes, I mean, he is more country. I mean, now when you look back at it, you'd probably think country or even folky for a lot of his music. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it seems, seems rock to me. It's, it, hmm. But then again, I would say he's more Waylon Jennings than he is Elvis Presley. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, we I could think, have a good discussion. I, I think he really <laughs> drifted to, to the country side of things more than yeah. anything else. But when he hit Sun Records... He walked into the door wanting to be a cross between yeah. Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis. Right, because they were, I mean, Sun was rock and roll. Like, that yeah, was... 100%. Were, right, I mean, they might, I mean, they didn't even put blues in there, I don't think. So, and Memphis is a great city for it. So, I don't know. I love and Jerry Lee. Problematic. But boy, could he rip he a piano, man. <laughs> he could write a song. Mm. Anyway, I love Buddy Holly, man. I actually drove by, actually, weirdly enough, this is weird. I drove by, have you ever heard of the Elvis house in Waco? Yes. I drove by it today. Today? Yeah. I was, uh, I was in the area and I was like, oh, just, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. You're going to take me by it, it. It's in, yeah, well, it's, it's really suburby. That's why it was weird that I was driving through it. Like, I was just like, I'll just go through some neighborhoods. I have some time. I was running errands. And yeah, I, I won't say which street it's on on the air. It's an Airbnb. You can get it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a real suburban Waco. I did a story on it while I was at 44. It was the, my favorite story I ever did. Uh, it was really cool. We got to do a tour through it. Um, the lady who runs it was the daughter of the DJ who would, like, that's what he knew Elvis. And so Elvis would come up there on the weekends when he was at Fort Hood. Fascinating story. Anyway, anyway. We'll have to, we'll have to get into that. I know. I, I would I mean, love huge, to. I'm like on the huge, precipice here. Huge Elvis fan, too. Oh, big, a big, big Elvis time. Fan. And what's so crazy is like he was, when he was there, it was like 58. Mm-hmm. So he was like the biggest star on the planet. Like, would just come up for the weekend, go to Waco, go to health camp, go to the Hippodrome, and stayed at this guy's house. They had a guest room for him and everything. And now it's all, like, not even tacky so much, but all Elvis paraphernalia. And, um, like, the, the room is made to look like it was when he was there. And they have recipes for peanut butter and sandwiches <laughs> there. Like, it, it's, it's really cool. Like, it's not, Graceland's very tacky. This is like a cool kind of monument to him. Right here in Waco. How about that? It's wild. I loved doing that story. All right, Big 12 basketball over the weekend. And Wolf. Elvis loved Big 12 basketball. This is big. This <laughs> yeah, is a transition. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Woof. What happened? West Virginia comes out of nowhere, takes down KU, 91-85. to we got we to stop saying stuff about West Virginia, man. I, I know. At this point, we got to stop saying it. At some point, you got to go, well, maybe they're going to climb their way out of this Push thing. that all towards Oklahoma State now. Anything you were saying about West Virginia. You can put it on and Oklahoma UCF State. UCF before the season. Put it on Oklahoma State. Now. Yeah, UCF <laughs> held their own until late in that game against Houston. Yeah. As Houston pulled away late in that game. Then OU took down Cincinnati, but it was a, a tough fought contest, 69-65. Yeah. How about a little upset? 73-72. I don't know how big an upset it was, but TC was ranked ahead of Iowa State. Just another example of you just never know in this league. Yeah. And then you go BYU at home. They lose to Texas Tech. 85 to 78. That's an upset. Yeah. I don't care where you look at it. Rankings wise, it's an upset. It's on BYU's floor. That's an upset. Tech is climbing their way through the Big 12 right now and surprising a lot of people. Now, look, it's a long way to go, and they're not going to surprise people mm-hmm. in the second half of conference play. But to get where they're at right now with a first year head coach, I think it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do. Oklahoma State just flat out stinks. They lose to. Bad. To Kansas State, seventy to sixty-eight, and the biggest surprise of the weekend on Saturday, Texas holds off Baylor, seventy-five, seventy-three. Just Texas was reeling, and I made this point Saturday when we were up here doing the game with Aaron that okay, I get it, but it's the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. It's also I you had a, you, you have a Texas you. team that was backed into a corner like a rabid dog. And sometimes they're the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to fight to survive and get you away from them. And I felt like that that's where this Texas team was on Saturday. Yeah. And and it was like all the cliche stuff fell into place, right? They came out hair on fire, right? They they needed a win. They're on their home floor. They're playing a good team. You don't need to get up for that. And they were into it. And they shoot the lights out. Nine of 11 from three in the first half. Who does that? And you're like, oh, and I'm saying this on my couch. I'm like, all right, they're, they're going to even out. They're going to even out. But the problem was Baylor was like five of seven, six of eight, eight of 11. Like, you know, they, they were hitting their threes too. So I'm like, this is going to even out, but Baylor's going to need to find something else too. And it did even out. Texas 0 of 8 from three in the second half. And Baylor's got the six-point lead with like uh, nine minutes left or so. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, this needs to get to 12. This can't, like, you can't just live at six here for a couple of minutes. You, you've you got to step on their throat here. And the longer they went, they didn't do it. I'm like, this is not good. And bang, three and a half minutes left, you're tied. And, you know, they hit the they hit the big three with 15 seconds left. Ward, that was their only field goal in the last eight minutes of the game. Right. That is embarrassing. That, that cannot happen. Texas is not this elite defensive team. They're in the big 12s. They're good at it, right? Mm-hmm. But that cannot happen. You can't be this top 10 offense in the nation, which is sinking like a stone, by the way, and, and let that happen. And, and then to make matters worse, you hit the step back three. Awesome shot, right? Ties the game. And then nobody stops the ball. How, how can you go coast to coast and give a layup? I, just, you got three guys right there. Yeah. Make them shoot for mounts. Make them pull up and, and at least fight for it. At the but very you gave worst, them a layup. At the very worst. Foul them. Foul them. Yeah. Make that, them shoot that's two a good free idea throws, too. and you get, you get the ball with, you know, a second or two left. It's not a lot of time, but he's going to go in for layup. <laughs> that, that's what's going to happen. And I, I heard a lot of people criticizing um, 
Scott Drew for not calling a timeout there. And there's a couple of things with that. First thing, it's not like he was void of criticism. He was outcoached in that game. Second game in a row, I think he's been outcoached. Um, because he didn't make any adjustments in the last eight minutes. And I was okay at the time not calling a timeout because that gives Texas a chance to draw something up on the board. Right. And in theory, your guys should be able to get into a defensive set. Just like, get in his way. You practice that all the time. You've played in some close games. You should be able to do that without a timeout. And then I look at this video that Texas put out of the last, raw, basically raw footage of the last basket, and I think he's trying to call a timeout. And he didn't complain about it or anything in the post game. so I, I don't know. But um, you should be able to set up and at least make the guy make their best scorer by or second best scorer by the way one of the best scorers in the Big Twelve give up the ball or stop? No, I mean he just five seconds straight down the court. He could have scored with two and a half seconds left. Like that that was just a, a, a terrible way to end it. And you look at these two games and against Kansas State. We talked about it all last week. Everything went wrong. They, they had the mm-hmm. worst shooting performance, one of the worst I've ever seen, and none of the numbers are good, right? Almost all of that, if not all of that, gets corrected for Saturday's game. They shoot the three well. They take better shots. They hit 80% from the free throw line. They lose the turnover battle, but it's only 10-7. to 7. You got to win that. You got to win that game. And by the way, you should be turning them over more than seven times. This is a Texas team that was throwing the ball all over the place. They got outscored by 27 by UCF's bench and I think beat Baylor's bench in bench points. I don't have it in front of me. But all the things that went wrong against Kansas State went right in this game for you. And you had them right where you wanted them. You had them where you wanted them. Right where you wanted them. That last play, all you have to do is just get in the way. And, and, And maybe this is the catalyst for Texas and they get back to playing the basketball we thought they were going to. But... You could just as easily be saying in a couple months, oh, you know, these were two golden missed opportunities. We lost back-to-back games to teams that didn't even make the tournament. You could be saying that. Kansas State's still not in the rankings, and they're tied for top in the top of the Big 12. You know, so I don't know how much respect they're getting. I, I'm hoping that'll change. But Tech looks every bit as legit, I would say. Contenders might be a stretch, but they're legit. At the top of this conference, 15-3 and three overall. And I talk about how McCaslin's got them playing tough. They're also scoring 80 points a game. 80 points a game. In the conference. That Tech team is nothing to sneeze at right now. You said it. They're not going to surprise teams in the second half of the schedule because of how good they've been. But that's a good team. I mean, that's a nailed-on tournament team and one that is going to be vie for that top four spots in this conference when it's all said and done, even when they're not sneaking up on teams, I think. But yeah, it's it's a bad look for Baylor on Saturday, to get back to that point. I mean, uh, if you can't... I get it, desperate team, and they've lost three games of their four against really desperate teams this year, but at some point you have to overcome that. You have to be... You have to have the set on you that says, we're one of the best teams in this conference, F you and the horse you rode in on. We're going to beat you on your home court. We don't care how desperate you are. We're going to push you down even more desperate. And I, then at some point, you have to start playing desperate at this point. Right now, I, I think you may be at that point right now. You need a win. You need a win bad. Yeah. And you, you better get a couple this week if you can. Yeah, well, they don't play till Saturday, which is good, good and bad, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, you have the week off, but hopefully you can get your ducks in a row. 
Sometimes that's the worst thing. Play at home on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great for Baylor women, and they won by three against the worst team in the conference on Saturday. So, um, and you're playing a team in TCU that just one one loss this week, and or excuse me, two losses this week, and bang, they're out of the top twenty five again. They're just as dangerous as any of those teams. So, it, it's the only saving grace I think to not get too down on Baylor right now is this conference. I, I think you're right. I mean, we could have. They could be right back up in this thing. You know? it, it, yeah, it, it's going to be. I think it's a roller coaster ride, and that's how good this conference is. Yeah. And again, any given night, and, and I know it's that true. that's cliche, it's but true. in this conference, I've never it, seen it more true. It's just the way it is. Any given night, I don't care what the name on the front of the jersey is. You better, you better bring your game. If Are West you, Virginia's beating Kansas. It's, I can't even call it a cliche anymore. You can't. West Virginia's beating Kansas. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, it, it absolutely is. Top 25's out. UConn, Purdue, North Carolina, Houston, Tennessee, Kentucky, Kansas at 7, Auburn, Arizona, and Illinois, your top 10. Oklahoma's now at 11 as they climb up four spots after the and weekend. Really hanging around there. Yeah. Kind of we just, don't talk about them being too good or too bad. or just kind of the unforgotten. The yeah. I mean, they really are. To be a legit top 15 team. Baylor drops down six spots to number 15. And then Texas up five spots to number 20. BYU drops one spot to 21. And Iowa State up a spot at 23. So there's your top uh, 25 Big 12 12. teams. A lot of Big 12 teams. (laughs) And I think we'll continue to see that. And again, I just hope this conference doesn't just chew itself to pieces. Yeah, You have to worry about that. Tonight on Big Monday on ESPN, it's Cincinnati at Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. Do you really want to be the Bearcats tonight? No, no. And if if Kansas had won on Saturday, I would have said, hey, watch out for this one. This is going to be tricky. Me too. But a a ticked-off Kansas... On I national still, TV, yeah, I Big still Monday. like them that up. Uh, although I will say, I was impressed with Cincinnati and what they're building when they when they came here and played Baylor. Um, they're one of those teams that they're inept right now offensively. Like they they don't have great talent, but but Wes Miller, the coach there, has identified a style of play that he calls it nasty and gritty, which is going to fit right in in this conference, and it reminds me of those early Chris Beard teams at Tech, mm-hmm. where you're just like, man, those guys are really tough to play against. Nobody wants to play against them. And if they had another shot creator, they'd be they'd be real good. They're they're like that. And then, you know, Tech develops Jarrett Culver and and they've got Moretti off the bench. And so the, then it becomes a national championship caliber team. Cincinnati is getting close to being a player in this conference. They're very close. If they they would be maybe the best team in the conference if they played games without a basketball. They're physical. They rebound. They defend the heck out of it. But they're they just very don't athletic. have shot creators right now. Yeah, right? Very and athletic. So, all that to say, I don't know if tonight's Cincinnati's night, but they'll shock some teams this year. And in the next two years, they'll, they'll be a real player in this conference if Wes Miller's still there. Big 12 women's basketball coming up tonight. Number four, Kansas State at Foster taking on number 13, Baylor. A 7.30 tip-off and a 7 o'clock pregame. And, of course, you can hear that game right here on ESPN Central Texas. John Moore is coming up next. He'll have more on those games over the weekend and tonight's contest for the Baylor women. Also, followed by 
the Matt Mosley Show. It's all right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Cameron Stewart, Aaron Sexton, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Recently on the John Moore Show. Chris Patola, our guest, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. And it'll be interesting also, John, one last thought here. All of these teams are playing in Foster Pavilion for the first time. What is the impact that has? I'll be curious to see what Baylor's record at home is by the end of the season. The John Moore Show, 2 to 3 p.m. Weekdays here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, it's Matt Mosley. You can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or shoulder or like my neck, for instance. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back. And listen, it's non-surgical. It's very important. If this is the year you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step now. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on the calendar. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics, 254 415-4100.